0: You're listening to Lights Out, where we'll talk about all things Formula One. From racecraft and strategy, to politics on and off the grid, and just about everything else in between. This is our call to the girls' gays and thays who might have never considered themselves sporty, that now is the time to get into sports.
1: Or at least this sport. And to the guys, welcome to the ladies' locker room. We're your hosts. I'm Kate. My name is Kennedy. And with that, Kennedy yes you were oot and a boot in New York City today
0: I was oot and a boot in New York City today I uh I'm here live in person yeah we've gotten off the internet yeah catching up IRL
1: I can touch you during recording right we can now hold hands. we can hold hands just for the audience we're holding hands right now while we record <laughs> but you were out and about very important question did you see lewis hamilton today
0: i did not see lewis hamilton today was very disappointed lewis hamilton right off of the monza gp he caught a flight directly to nyc and he is here to attend the met gala been feverishly checking instagram though just to make sure just in case he shows up i mean seven times world champion lewis hamilton
1: I have yet to see photos of Lewis attending the Met Gala tonight. I presume he will. Mm-hmm. Because, like, why else is he here so immediately after the race?
0: Uh, true. I mean, it is. He's noted publicly that New York is one of his favorite cities.
1: True. And he has. But he has also attended the Met Gala, I think, In four times past. before. Mm-hmm. So I would not be at all surprised if that's what he's here to do. Yeah, we've yet to see the photos. but. We do know Lewis is in New York today, so gotta say I'm a little I'm a little disappointed you didn't, you know, make a little him. more of an effort to go so, uh, stalk him physically. To go
0: stalk him physically. I was too busy.
1: Yeah, you were just like so busy <laughs> living your actual life, I guess. I was
0: too busy trying to figure out the subway system <laughs> and, you know, not show anyone that I was actually using the maps feature on my phone to try to figure out which direction i should walk to the station Mm -hmm. because as people know very different to the dc metro system in which everything's underneath and you can just walk to everything even if you like go the wrong way Uh um but in new york you have to go out on the street and come back down and that was very scary well for for just a a little newbie like moi
1: well i was just gonna only only sometimes do you have to go out on the street but it's
0: maybe i went out on the street
1: a for little, no reason yeah it's we'll we'll leave that up to uh the sands of time to determine
0: <laughs> the <It's a> shifting <laughs> sands of
1: time. but i will say not you know not to make this a dc versus new york fight or anything but like not for nothing but our transit system makes more sense than yours so
0: i don't have any further comments <laughs> on the dc transit system uh-huh so, yes, I am in New York. I am figuring out the transit system. I did walk on the sidewalk and have building juice just drop on my shoulder today. So <laughs> I feel like that's a rite of passage. Yeah. Um, but the real reason why I'm actually in your neck of the woods mm-hmm. is four of us, Kate, producer self, myself, and podcast boyfriend, all attended... The U.S. Open yesterday. We
1: did indeed. The men's final and... Mm -hmm. Women's doubles.
0: Women's doubles final. So the
1: very last day of the U.S. Open is uh, what we went to. And it was great because it was four of us. And between the four of us, we maybe had two-thirds of one person's understanding of how tennis works. Right, right.
0: We didn't realize that when you sit there, it's like the game almost ends. But then it doesn't, they come back. So it it was a little confusing, to, to say the least. But I think this is the perfect opportunity to note that there is a little bit of like a Formula One tennis crossover in which, by the power of social media, we've discovered many
1: tennis players are also Formula One fans. Indeed. In fact, both the women's and men's singles champions are documented F1 fans. So Emma, the women's singles champion, had like prior to her win documented her love of Formula One and that she was watching the race in Monza and etc. And then uh, Daniel, the men's singles champion, had also tweeted the morning of his final match that he was thanking Max and Lewis for the distraction, which We'll get into in a hot sec why it is that Max and Lewis would be providing a distraction. But yeah, it's we attended the US Open. It was a sports themed Sunday for us between watching a race and then going from basically race straight into tennis for, I'm going to be honest, a lot more hours than I expected to be watching tennis. I didn't know tennis takes this long. No, maybe tennis, as it turns out, is longer than enough one. Yeah, race.
0: I mean, between learning what tennis is <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, our our race win happened yesterday morning. I was pff, all sportsed out. I sure. I so here we are, Monday.
1: Fashion Monday. Of yes, the year. it's really um nice to have both you and Lewis Hamilton all in town at once.
0: Uh, yeah, I f- I just when I texted him, I asked him. I was like, "Are you going to be in town?" Because I may <laughs> as well be in town too, you know.
1: Sure, 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 sure. Did you guys coordinate outfits for the Met Gala? We or? did.
0: We did. He he has like a, a suit with some draping, and I'm wearing a midi dress with um, tie. Yeah, mm-hmm. see.
1: yeah. Sure, sure, sure. I both sound like American fashion to me. Yes.
0: Yes. Moving on, though. I think we just need to talk a little bit about Formula One. Let's get down to why we're here. Mm -hmm. And that's really to break down my favorite race on the calendar.
1: You're a big Monza gal.
0: I'm a big, huge Monza gal. I I shared with the, the gals yesterday when we were watching the race that Monza and Pierre Gasly's win was my favorite race of the 2020 calendar Uh it was just so unexpected and so exciting Mm -hmm. but also prior to agreeing to this podcast even becoming a thing Kate and I had had jokes about doing a podcast and I was like ha 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 yeah that'd be so funny (laughs) and then the Monza GP happened Mm -hmm. and I was like damn this is so cool like I'd love to like talk about it more openly like Maybe we really should do a podcast. And then that, you know, factored into mm-hmm. us and making lights out. I
1: think. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Monza is very often a good race and like a fun race. It's um, a good track. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a really good circuit. It's a fast circuit, but also one that is not too impossible to overtake at. It's also, I mean, it's historic. It's like the home race for several teams. Mm -hmm. So So it's a really big one for like a good portion of the grid, which also I think makes a race more exciting because always when it's somebody's home race or like the race where their constructor is from or whatever, I think people race like just that little bit, like a little bit harder or like with a little bit more heart than they might in some other places. So I feel like Monza is really special for that. Absolutely.
0: So Monza this year was actually a little bit exciting. Uh, we had another sprint challenge. It's not a race, a sprint oh, qualifying. Oh
1: God, I keep forgetting that we're not supposed to call it a sprint <laughs> yes, race. I
0: mean, it is a race.
1: This is just... We've got to work on that terminology. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think someone, someone not us, should, should definitely in an official capacity, figure out what the hell we're supposed to call the sprint. Yeah. But Kate, the sprint qualifying was kind of
1: exciting, though. Uh, I don't know. I mean, so sprint qualifying in Monza is our second test this year of the sprint qualifying format. hmm. For the last race that we had it in, we sort of talked a little bit more in depth about why F1 is attempting to try out sprint qualifying. So, this is the second one. I just don't love this qualifying format. It's just tough because, like, I think the first race of sprint or the first lap of sprint qualifying is super fun because it's like a regular racing lap. Yeah. Which is fun to watch. It's fun to get an extra racing lap in the weekend. Sure. Um, But because the sprint qualifying system really only benefits the second half of the grid. Everybody who went through Friday qualifying and didn't get into Q3, didn't get into the top 10 spots. What it results in is like, yes, the back half of the grid is driving really competitively, but the whole front half of the grid is just in large part, not everyone's just trying to not fuck it up and not lose whatever position it is that they qualified in. So I think Theoretically, the problem that sprint qualifying is supposed to solve, in addition to bringing more overall spectators to the weekend, is like to help bring those lower midfield and like rear field contenders higher up or like into more regular contention, which I think is a great goal. But I just, I don't think it's working. Mm. But yeah, I just think sprint qualifying, like the back half of the grid is very much like driving very competitively and doing their best to try and move up. But because literally the entire top 10 is like so focused on not falling below that, mm-hmm. it doesn't do very much to actually change. But like, yes, people change positions within that 11 through 20 slot. Sure. But I, I feel like across both of the sprint tests we've seen... Neither one has there been something so exciting where it was like, wow, like, we saw a lot of rear field contenders really be able to, like, fight their way up into points points positions mm-hmm. during this, like, sprint. Like, that's not happening.
0: Interesting. Interesting. However, I'm going to push back a little bit because I think sprint qualifying this weekend was a smidge exciting, Mm-hmm. Especially following the announcement of one Mr. Valtteri Bottas's move to Alfa Romeo. The sprint qualifying was just the beginning of the enthusiasm he brought to the track this weekend and to Monza as a whole. I mean, him taking first mm-hmm. in the sprint um, definitely boosted his ego to offer a really strong performance on Sunday.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Valtteri put in a really admirable performance the entire weekend. I mean, like in Friday qualifying, getting pole position, winning the sprint and then driving from the rear of the field to finish on the podium in the actual race. I think Valtteri had an incredible performance. I just don't think it does much to sell me on sprints still. It was cool that he was able to do that, especially in light of his announcement that he was leaving Ferrari or leaving Mercedes. But otherwise, like the sprint just always feels to me where it's like I just watched the first 30 minutes of a race and then decided it was going to end that way. And that's exactly how it ended. Yeah. Yeah. Understood. Understood.
0: But anyway, the sprint happened. We wish it were a reverse grid, but it's not.
1: Or just keep qualifying the same, you know? Yeah. I'm fine with qualifying the way it it functions.
0: Yeah.
1: Especially because they still have qualifying in the sprint system. They just move it to a different day.
0: (laughs) Maybe if we say it enough times, F1 will listen to us. I'm just
1: just trying to manifest that somebody in F1 will listen to me and not make this the go-to for 2022.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Transitioning, though, into our fun-filled and exciting, sport-filled Sunday. Yes. To kick it off, let me set the scene. I awoke to hugging me in, in my air mattress that's set up in the, the living room here and mm-hmm. the lights out studio, house studio. And she said, Hello, good morning. I have bagels. Also, you have one minute to get out of this bed and sit on the couch because <laughs> the race is about to start. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay. Half my eyes barely open. A beautiful everything, double toasted everything bagel is thrust into my hand.
1: For the record, is the only way I want to be awoken. Exactly. Before. I mean, it was
0: glorious, glorious. Take notes,
1: y'all. If you're going to, particularly if you're going to awake me from a deep slumber, yes, do so with a bagel.
0: It was, it was heavy REM cycle was happening. <laughs> once I was cocooned, <laughs> cocooned in the the beautiful warmth of. Uh, and everything bagel. And then the lights went out, and our first Formula One love, Daniel ricardo was leading the Monza GP, which was unexpected but so exciting. And he was leading the Monza GP in front of his former teammate, Max
1: Verstappen. Yeah. Yes, indeed, he was. Worth noting as a short sideline, part of the reason that Daniel was in that position. He had finished the sprint race in third. However, Valtteri had to take a new power unit this weekend. So he took a grid penalty. So had to start, though he was able to start uh, the sprint qualifying in pole position, having earned that on the Friday during the regular qualifying session. He did have to start the race from the very back of the grid. So it moved everybody up a slot. So it meant that Max got to start in first. Daniel got to start in second and so on. And then, yeah, right off the starting line after the lights went out, Daniel managed to snatch that first place position from Max going into the first corner, which was really, really fun to see. I think especially given the fact that Max and Daniel used to be teammates, that Daniel has been having a fairly rough go of it at McLaren so far. I think it was really fun to see him back sort of at the top of his game, as it were, and, you know, leading a race. And honestly, it was pretty surprising the extent to which Red Bull in general and Max Verstappen didn't have an answer for how to get back past Daniel Ricciardo. Like, theoretically, the McLaren should be slower than the Red Bull. The Red Bull's the fastest car. It's faster than the Mercedes. But he was... Max was pretty well stuck behind Daniel. He
0: definitely was. I think that that leads to just the shared experiences that Daniel and Max have as former teammates and being teammates and competitors. Daniel knows exactly which buttons to push of Max's and and really took full advantage of all of his Verstappen knowledge. Definitely really, really exciting. If that wasn't enough, then Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton had to show everyone up. Kate, can you break down what exactly happened?
1: Not going to be a surprise to anybody, but guess what? Max and Lewis crashed again. So yeah, this this incident, I would say, is something that has been brewing most of this season, and particularly the last several races, Yeah, where... Essentially, the long and the short of it: Red Bull had a disastrously bad pit stop, an 11 seconds stationary pit stop. Uh, Mercedes had a quite bad pit stop, about four and a half seconds stationary. So what happened was Max had pitted and was on his out lap, so his lap immediately following a pit and had fallen quite far down the running order. He had been in second behind Daniel when he pit. He came out, I want to say near seventh, sixth or seventh, behind a good majority, behind both of the Ferraris. And then the following lap, Lewis pitted. He had been running in fourth. And because he also had a fairly slow pit stop, he was leaving the pits Basically at the same time that Max was finishing his outlap. So they were coming down the grandstand pit straight, that DR that long run, fast DRS zone, into the first corner. And Lewis was ahead. He was he was ahead of Max. He went, they went through the corner, more or less, no problem, like certainly defending against one another, but not doing anything particularly naughty. And then at Monza immediately following the first corner which is like a fairly tight right hand turn there is a chicane so one of the like sort of snake s-shaped things where you have like a right turn immediately followed by a left turn so they were fine coming out of the first turn and then they go immediately into the chicane at which point stories diverge based on whether you're A Max fan or a Lewis fan, whether you're a rules stickler or a let them race hard fan, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit hard to give a truly dry account. But essentially, Lewis sticks towards the inside line of the curve, which is where Max wanted to be. Max chose to not pull out of that maneuver and break early and let Lewis have that line. So ultimately, what results is Max hits these sausage curbs, which are these large curbs on the side of where the racing, the actual racetrack that you're supposed to be on is. And because of the velocity with which he hits those and the angle he hits them at, it kind of launches his car both sideways to the right as well as vertically into the air. And ultimately, he and Lewis collide. Max's Red Bull basically ends up on top of... Lewis's Mercedes. But thankfully, both drivers were okay, thanks to the safety advances that Formula One has made as a sport, including the, the roll halo. cage and the halo. Because otherwise, it really could have been a very severe, if not fatal, accident. Yeah, But yeah, they both take one another out of the race because they are so close in this title fight mm-hmm. and nobody wants to give an inch. And given their two driving styles, I think it lends itself to this particularly contentious type of driving where we will be at this point seeing now multiple crashes between the two of them mm-hmm. that are more or less at the fault of one or the other. And honestly, I think we'll see more. I don't think this is the end of it. Yeah,
0: I, I we discussed in our first episode back from the summer break that this second half of the season is going to be a nail-biter. It is going to be one to watch. It's going to be super unpredictable because we've seen, especially in the the close of this triple header that we just experienced, Spa, Van Azort and Monza, that we're going back and forth between teams. You know, who's leading in constructors, who's leading in drivers championships. They're so... There's so much live ammo at play in a sense and the rest of the season it's truly there are five points between Max in the lead and then Lewis but those five points all of that luck can change in a matter of a weekend Mm -hmm. and truly we are waiting until Abu Dhabi essentially the next seven races figure out who's going to win who's going to get that pot of money who's going to have the the title if it's going to be lewis's eighth or if it's going to be max's first both of them will either way it's historic and this is a showdown for the ages
1: yeah i don't really expect it to let up anytime soon and unless some one of the teams manages to out develop the other and like pull away massively it's going to keep going until the very end of the season it's
0: definitely going to come down to the very end of it uh another another notable piece of yesterday's gp this person won the monza gp last year pierre gasly Mm -hmm. pierre gasly and the whole alphatari team did not or barely at all competed in the monza gp for 2021 i mean talk about going from a high to a Crashing low for Alphatari. I, I feel so, so bad for them. Uh, Kate, do you want to share a little bit as to why Yuki and um, Pierre struggled so much yesterday?
1: Sure. I mean, essentially, both of them took damage that ended up putting them out of the race. So, Yuki never even got to start the race. Mm-hmm. Though he did qualify on the Friday and participate in the sprint race. By the time we got to the race on Sunday, honestly, it was never really clear what or how this happened. But um, he had a hydraulics issue with his brakes Mm. on his car and they just never could get him out on track. You know, the Alvitauri pit crew did their best to try and fix it during the formation lap. To see if he could maybe start from the pit lane. And it just never worked out. So Yuki never even started. Pierre did start the race. But fairly early on. Just was having issues. Like was. Had to be driving very slowly. And ultimately had to retire from the race. Also early on. He also might have gotten a little bit caught up in. Antonio Giovinazzi had a kind of small crash fairly early on in the race. Which he managed to recover from. And limp back to the pits. And get his car repaired and get back out there. It's a little bit hard to say. Frankly, they didn't cover it on the broadcast and Alpha didn't go out of their way to explain it. But ultimately, yeah, both of the Alpha Tauris retired from the Monza GP well before the completion of the race. So a very unfortunate weekend for them, particularly given that that race was a highlight last year and that they had been one of the best point scoring midfield teams so far or one of one of the few teams to consistently have both drivers in the points or both drivers complete races. So a rough week for Alpha Tauri. Also, and not that much of a surprise, just another rough week for Haas. Just, it's just not going great. Oh,
0: I feel bad for Gunther Steiner. I truly do. I think he wants to do the best he can with Jean Haas's Haas team. The struggle is real when it comes to having two rookies. Essentially, this is a crash course in how to be a Formula One driver, and as well as just like not fully funding or or putting any money behind their vehicles for this season. It's just it's kind of sad at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean they're just so during this race we saw another crash between the Haas drivers that like just didn't need to and would not have happened if they were maybe more willing to race less hard with one another because there was no other cars from any other teams on the track near them like it was just Haas on Haas violence um and yeah I just like I don't want to beat the dead horse that is like wow Haas sucks this season because like that's
0: obvious
1: clear but also like wow every week that there's these kind of unforced errors oof yeah oof it must just be really i just can't to imagine being the kind of lay person middle level employee that i would be where i really one employee The amount of internal frustration Mm. I would have every time Mm -hmm. that these two very young drivers can't keep themselves from pushing too hard and being too competitive with one another, I would lose my mind. I can't imagine.
0: Yeah, I I can imagine. I really, I'm holding out hope for 2022 for Haas. I really, really am. I hope that the time, energy, and money they've invested into the 2022 model of their their car is worth it because oof, it, this is this is a rough performance. Just getting a little,
1: it's getting a little tough to watch. Yeah. yeah, for a while it was like Haas was similar to some of the other kind of rear midfield teams that we have, where like sometimes they'd be doing okay and sometimes they'd be doing really very not okay. But at this point, like Haas is usually lucky to get out of like P sixteen. Yeah. And, like, that's – it's just brutal to watch. And, like, that's not even their only problems. So we definitely wish them the best for 2022. But also, like, oof, it's going to be a rough eight-ish more races for them.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Definitely
1: will be. But on the brighter side of the uh, grid – On the
0: brighter side of the grid, I think we should – talk about our our final race results, our top three. Kate, do you want to give it to us?
1: Yeah. So we had something historic-ish, historic for the last 10 years or so, which is we had a McLaren 1-2 finish. So we had Daniel Ricciardo in his first win since
0: Monaco in 2018 with Red Bull.
1: Yes. So Daniel's first race win since being a Red Bull driver. Then we had Lando Norris in P2 with his highest yet result in Formula 1. Uh Lando to this point had gotten had managed to nab a few P3s at a couple races, but this was his first time finishing above third place in a Formula 1 race. And then P three, we had quite the dark horse. Quite <laughs> like the, like the Katy Perry's dark horse, or Twilight end.
0: Zone. I mean, depending on what you heard when I just sang that song, the new new race leader, Alfa Romeo himself, Mister
1: Valtteri Bottas. Yeah. So- <laughs> Round of applause for Valtteri. No, it was a really impressive race performance. Like we said, he had to start from the very back of the grid because he took a new power unit prior to this race. And of course, yes, all of these race results are also tinged by the fact that we had... A cool and casual five drivers retire from the race,
0: super cash
1: like you know, a solid quarter of the field. Um,
0: always fun at Monster. Maybe
1: four drivers it happened in the last field. year, too. Now <laughs> I
0: can't remember. Either way, it was five, five. <laughs> it was five <laughs> solid drivers. yeah, Juvenazzi,
1: Sonoda. I thought John is finished, but just like in the back, Gasly. Uh, now I can't remember. It was both Alpha Tauris, Max, and Lewis. I kind of think it was five. Anyways, many people retired from this race, which, of course, influenced the final standings, as it is wont to do when many people retire from a race. That being said, um, to drive from the back of the grid to a podium position, regardless in at least modern Formula One, where you have at least more than half the field finish in every race, uh, is incredible. And like massive props to Valtteri for having achieved that.
0: Props to him. It's a really good. He's writing that that announcement high, mm-hmm. and yeah. unfortunately, in his post-race interview, he was asked questions about Lewis and Lewis's performance. But you know what? I, I think those days are numbered, and that he's gonna, you know, move on and have a really strong career. Yes. And weekends like this just prove that.
1: Yes. yes. No, no. I think Valtteri did amazing and I think you know had it not been probably for Lando Norris he might have finished even higher on that podium um by the time that we got to that stage in the race where he had sort of caught up to those front runners depending on you know how much he had left in his tires in terms of really being able to chase them down as well as the fact that Lando has really gotten very good at defending you know a leading position like that. Yeah, Valtteri, you know, his his charge ended at P3. But again, I think he's not, he's going to say like, well, usually P3 is a little bit of a disappointment for Valtteri sometimes, because it's usually coming after finishing behind just Max and Lewis. I think this weekend, P3 was pretty sweet to savor, knowing that he earned it from like P20 on the grid.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's just, oh. It just shows off his skill, and I'm so excited for the next chapter in his career. Yeah. I do think we need to note um, a couple couple fun things. Sure. First of all, yes. So Daniel Ricciardo back on back on the podium, back in that P1 spot mm-hmm. when he was at Renault, and even McLaren, he'd, he'd had a couple P3s, maybe a P2, a couple, uh, of,
1: couple podiums. of
0: podiums. Podiums, but
1: never that top step.
0: Whenever that top step, but also we had the return of his famous shoey, mm-hmm. which he happily shared with Lando Norris <laughs> and Zach Brown. Yep.
1: Valtteri did not choose to partake, dodged that full, that. full respect, full respect, to that choice.
0: I mean, I too would have made that choice, Valtteri, because uh, it grosses me out to know it. <laughs> Um, But so we so we had the return of the shoey, return of the Badger up on the Honey Badger up on the top step. You know, really really exciting for Daniel, exciting for McLaren overall. Kate, I'm excited for Lando because I think he definitely did a really really great job of defending defending val- Valtteri off and, and ensuring that McLaren had the one two. Mm-hmm. But something I noticed was he seemed not so pleased in the midst of the racing Mm -hmm. to having to submit to Daniel this week in his, in his position.
1: While we were watching, we made a joke related to something we talked about last week where uh, Nikita (laughs) Mazepin suggested that all teams quote unquote, like, you know, that some weeks it's one driver's, Week. Week. And the other weeks, it's the other driver's week to lead. So we kept making the joke during the broadcast that every time Lando was getting a little close to Daniel and looking like he maybe wanted to overtake him for lead of the race.
0: Or made a snippy comment. Or on made the a radio.
1: snippy comment on his team radio about how Daniel was driving too slow. We just kept making the joke of like, come on, Lando, it's Daniel's week. You know, that.
0: obviously everyone knows it's Daniel's week. Yeah, clearly.
1: As we all know, it's Daniel's week to lead. So you're just going to have to sit back there. Suck it up. Which we <laughs> honestly I laughed every single time you made that joke. Thank um, you. <laughs> but yeah, I just like more broadly. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Lando had kind of a shit attitude on the radio. He seemed pretty pissy that they weren't giving a team orders to let him pass Daniel for lead of the race and Mm. on the one hand I can understand the perspective of if he legitimately has better pace but also you know there is a there is a question of like is he seeing the whole strategy is Mm. he understanding the whole picture from like a tire preservation across both cars perspective and all of that as well as like He did, at a certain point of the race, make a comment of, like, is it better for the team if I stay where I am? As, like, a subliminal suggestion of... Let me. Let me go past Daniel, but I don't want to sound like a dick this time. Yeah. And, like, that was a more tactful version than he had been doing prior. Definitely. And was, like, a better choice. But even still, I was, like, what it brought to mind for me is... a." A little bit of something that I have been rubbing up against with Lando for a decent chunk of this season now. Yeah. Which is he's getting a little bit of an attitude.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: we've discussed this
0: before about Lando uh, in a few from a few different lenses. So we've talked about how he's really come to his own. This is his third season. His third season at McLaren, he feels really comfortable with the power unit and the team and the dynamics that are there. And it's shown throughout this, the whole first half of the season mm-hmm. in his performance that he feels really confident. Even the announcement of him signing a, multi, a, con, uh, a multi-year a multi contract extension sure. with McLaren, um, he and Zach Brown have just this this great dynamic a true father and son bond a true healthy father and son bond <laughs> um unlike some others and then additionally we've talked about how lando has risen in notoriety over the course of this last season in the 2020 and 2021 season i mean his his uh you know Use of social media and esports and Twitch and streaming and drive to survive to a certain extent has amassed a following for him. That there are legions of fans mm-hmm. who are all about Lando. Live, laugh, Lando. That is their mantra. Nice. They're all about the Tom. What's what's Tom Spiderman Holland. The Tom Holland lookalike of Formula One. Yes. Because he's an attainable, hot an attain- an attainable person for for these people, right? Yeah. However, I would agree with Kate that that has seemed to have gone to his head a little bit in terms of their interviews where he's like, "Oh crap, I I mucked up." Where I can't start laughing because they're going to clip it. They're going to put it on the internet. They're gonna they're gonna talk about me and kind of. I think believing his own celebrity a little bit. Um, in a way that has made him not so aware of kind of his impact. I'm Try to be as diplomatic as he's, <laughs> he's
1: been coming off. off honestly as kind of an asshole mm. recently. Like he's just I mean, to say it like, yeah, I mean, just to say it really blatantly, like I think particularly given he had a really precipitous rise from his rookie season through last season and then the beginning of this season, I think particularly being paired with somebody as experienced as Daniel Ricardo and Daniel Ricardo having such a horrible first half of the season where Orlando was outperforming him so much, I think only contributed to the, um,
0: the boost in his own ego.
1: Yeah. To like a perspective where he feels like he deserves more and like is entitled to, you know, a certain, a certain amount of like, uh leverage within his team as yeah. well as I think I think we're seeing the effects of that as well as he's brushing up against I'm sure Lando is thrilled to have a passionate fan base that being said like many celebrities he doesn't want to be defined by that fan base mm-hmm. and subject to having to be like the fan base particularly the fangirl lens that we are most aware of yeah yeah often positions him as a little bit of like a bumbling, funny, sweetie pie Mm -hmm. type character. And I think at times he's happy to play that character and be that guy. But I think he also, the older he gets, the more he matures and the, the greater performances he continues to put in on track. I think he wants to be taken more seriously and talked about more seriously. And I think that makes sense. But I also think that sometimes um, in an attempt to get there, he is uh, he's not taking the best tack to like go against that sort of like, I don't always have to be the funny, silly guy.
0: Yeah, I think it was fun for him when he was like 19. Yeah. But he's 21 now and he's trying he's trying to be more grown up and, um, you know, live up his life. He's a 21 year old celebrity that gets paid a lot of money to do something he loves and that can you know mess with you in very interesting ways one thing that we do want to note on the podcast so during the summer break lando like most of the drivers went on vacation it was it was hanging out with friends and family and taking much deserved time off but there was a particularly interesting post he'd, he'd shared on uh, social media that raised a bit of alarm from our perspective. And it happened to be Lando with a group of his his boys, his homies, lads, you know, having a themed night whilst they were away on on a trip. Um, and the themed night happened to be like a Mexican themed night in which they were dressed up in traditional Mexican garb as well as wearing some sombreros and fake mustaches, and in an offensive way, making fun of Mexican people and Mexican culture. We say that because I think it's really important to note that we understand that there are things that people do when they're young and they're fun and not thinking. However, especially in the the climate that we live in, that's so tone deaf. And I understand that, to some extent, you know, dressing up and having fun um, whilst you're on vacation is is cool to do, but it is sort of at the expense of like a character caricature of a whole group of people, and that's not right. And I think Lando is young enough to know better and grown up enough to know better. You know, he's part of a generation of people who do not stand for that. And he has spoken very openly about his support of ending racism, and and I think it's really disappointing for us to see that he's not walking that walk. And this isn't just us. I mean, we've seen commentary on it in in various circles of Formula One fan.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's worth noting this this photo he posted. He posted on his story. It was later deleted. after I'm sure a very unhappy message from his, uh, McLaren brand team. And yeah, I mean, you know, there's no point in belaboring it. I think I'm positive Lando was told very directly, uh, that what he did was wrong and let's very much hope he learns from it. But also, yeah, I mean, you know, no free passes. That was a shitty thing that he shouldn't have done and he should have known better than to do it at all. And he certainly should have known better than to post it. And we haven't brought it up for a while because, frankly, Lando hasn't been the most relevant driver uh, on the grid. But not to take away from the fact that he put in a great performance at Monza to get a P2 uh, you know, podium and that he is otherwise a great athlete, that being a Formula One driver is more than just what you do on the grid it's you know your whole brand and your actions as part of your team and that's something he did that he shouldn't have done so we shall move forward and hope for the best and honestly let's hope that he perhaps uh apologized to Checo who did should he have seen it probably had some feelings on it
0: enough about Lando
1: enough about Lando let's let's talk more about our our favorite boy
0: <laughs> our favorite boy can you guess
1: sophie's favorite boy oh, i just wait, want wait, to say wait, for wait. the record producer sophie oh, oh, has been
0: oh my god this has been all, my favorite revelation of this weekend all my favorite it. revelation of this weekend is Soph. much like earlier in the season kate and i both noted that this man slowly seduced us So several times throughout the past less than 48 hours I've been here has made a comment about one Mr. Kieran. I'm sorry, podcast boyfriend. Can you guess who are are we talking about? Oh, uh,
1: Georgie.
0: Georgie Georgie Russell. Russell. She's She's blushing right now. Look at her. She's so hot. She had to take off her sweatshirt and leave because it's so steamy. It's your
1: subliminal messaging. I've been listening
0: to so <laughs> many hours of you guys talking about him for the last, you know, six months or whatever it's been now. But of course, it's made it's made into job my well brain. Chop well done,
1: Kate. Chop well done. This is, also, if, if, any, if nothing else comes out of this podcast, worth it alone.
0: <laughs> Hook, line, and sinker right also, there. whoever is running his Instagram stories is doing a fantastic job because there are always these beautiful photos and I'm a sucker for... Quality.
1: Good photography. photography yeah that's so just in it for the visual arts
0: yeah she it's nothing about the fact she's that georgie artiste. russell she's yeah she is an artiste all
1: right yeah um but yeah you know <laughs> i just want to like i whoever is playing this the lights out season long georgie russell drinking game god i'm so sorry i'm just throwing a couple extra ones in for you but yeah we bring him up Just gratuitously, mostly, but also as a sideline point, just to say that Williams has now scored points in three of the last four races. George Russell got managed to nab a point in Monza, as well as obviously, as we covered in Spa, got P2. That wasn't really a race, but qualified in P2 and got half points for it due to the weather conditions in Hungary, scored points. And Nicola TV has scored points in several races as well. So we just want to give a big shout out to the Williams team. Obviously, uh, anybody who's been following Formula One for a number of years knows that they have really gone through it. Mm-hmm, they have mm-hmm. been the Haas of the grid they uh, <laughs> for a while. So it's really <laughs> glad to see them you know, bringing it back and really, I think, rewarding to see that all of the hard work that they have been putting in paid off. Yeah.
0: Members of their team who are still there, who are no longer there. All of this work has not been Williams. in
1: vain. Yeah. We're just always talking about Claire Williams. We love her. <laughs> Claire um, Williams, Please come on our podcast.
0: Please come on our podcast. I, I we just, oh, we have so many questions we want to
1: ask you. I just can't wait to see. Yeah. I was going to transition that
0: into the in the news. Well, I was going to
1: say, we'll cover more on in the news, but we are at least as hype about Williams for 2022 as we have been about Williams for 2021, which we will let you know a little bit more why once we get to in the news. But just keep your eye on them. I just wanted to take a sec. So Monza is the home race for several teams, but most notably is the home race for Ferrari. It is, you know, the home of the Tifosi. I'm so sorry for the fact that every single other time I said that on the podcast, I have said the Tifiosi, I just realized it's I was about to correct tifosi. you. Oh, is it? Yeah. And I'm really embarrassed about the fact that I've
0: screwed oh, it up God. every single time. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. So
1: I just don't speak Italian and I think we all knew that, but like, I'm so sorry. Wait, you don't speak reasons. Italian? Well, I did start, I'm going to be honest. About a year ago, I did start Duolingo Italian because I was like, if I'm going to learn a foreign language for Formula One, Mm. I might as well do Italian because, and I'm dead ass serious about this. I chose Italian because, at least at the time when it was Seb and Charles, Ferrari is one of the only teams that would consistently post non-English language content without translation. And so I was dedication. And I was like, well, I don't know what's going on in these videos because it's in Italian and it's not captioned. I think
0: that speaks more to their social strategy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. But so I was like, okay, well, I guess because, like, I, you know, I was like, didn't, couldn't fall asleep one night. So I was like, I'll change my whole lifestyle in 12 hours and that'll work out. (laughs) And so part of that was I was like, I'm going to learn Italian. And so then I did Duolingo Italian for like, Three weeks, which has been enough that, like, now I will forever know the words that I did during that time. So I keep seeing things where I hear those words, and it's deeply weird. But regardless of that,
0: watches Beneath the Tuscan Sun (laughs) once.
1: You know, I don't even like Beneath the Tuscan Sun. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> my other joke was gonna Is it be under
1: like, the Tuscan sun oh, beneath the Tuscan watches, sun watches below <laughs> below the Tuscan sun <laughs> watches adjacent to the Tuscan sun <laughs> one time
0: my um, other joke was gonna be like followed um, someone's Amalfi journey on Pinterest
1: yeah has one friend go to Lake Como <laughs> time. <Italian>. Um <laughs> but yeah so anyways Monza's the home race for Ferrari. And the whole upshot of that was we've been kind of keeping tabs over the course of this season about sort of the re-emergence of fans in the F1 scene after a year of racing with no fans and no spectators. And particularly our Ferrari drivers, and most particularly Carlos, who's more active on his Instagram than Charles is, posted a lot of content. Over this last weekend of the Tifosi being very jazzed about seeing Ferrari drivers. And the one that sticks out in my mind is like Carlos and I don't know who else was in the car, but I know Carlos was in the car.
0: And (laughs) they all that matters to Kate. We all know. They show
1: the inside of the car. God. We all know. But they're inside of some car going God knows where. And the car is surrounded on all sides by ferrari like rabid italians rap like shouting and like oh
0: that sounds like, terrifying
1: hammering on the oh, windows God. and like for one second it was really funny and i was like tag yourself i'm the one crying and and like writing i love you in italian on my phone and like putting it up to the window <laughs> and like it was funny and then i was like i watched it was like i think it was a two like click story and by the time i got to the second one i was like nope now i'm scared Now I'm really anxious because there's way too many people touching this car right now. And I just can't imagine, like, I think as the athlete, it's probably just cool for them because, like, I, you know, God willing, they feel secure in the vehicle they're in. And, like, it's probably very, like, invigorating to know that you have that kind of, like, intense fan base somewhere and to know that you're part of a brand that elicits that kind of emotion. but also. I think being a member of the Ferrari F1 team in almost any capacity but most particularly as a driver would be absolutely terrifying.
0: Yeah. They the the they're passionate. Those Italian fans, all Ferrari fans are passionate.
1: But yeah, it was a home race. It was a home race for Ferrari. Uh also just as a very quick. It was obviously Antonio Giovinazzi and a fellow Italian as well as drives for a team that is based in Italy. Pretty bummer race weekend for him. He had a pretty good, like, qualifying and sprint performance and was all set to, like, do amazing in the GP. And then he got tapped by somebody, he lost his front wing, and he just didn't recover. So it was a pretty shit weekend for Giovinazzi, which would have been bad enough in his own home GP. But unfortunately, Giovinazzi is the unlucky owner of the lone Fully unconfirmed seat for next season.
0: He really is. Antonio, we hear so many rumors. Alfa Romeo, please lock this up. Please, 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 please. That's all I beg of you. Yeah, and we'll definitely uh, speculate and, and give a little bit more updates as to why Antonio is the lone seat within the 2022 Formula One grid that we don't know anything about.
1: So you know, we had a lot of intense Italians in Monza. Not a surprise. We also had one other person of great intensity, though not an Italian.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: just Vin Diesel was there. To be honest, I'm really unclear why of the the fast.
0: Furious films
1: yeah of, of the of the fast and the furious film franchise noted car enthusiast Vin Diesel
0: nine movies I just want yeah. to note that really quickly Fast um, and
1: Furious nine
0: so like weeks ago weeks and weeks and weeks ago. It was just Sophie and I recording,
1: uh-huh.
0: and we had did a very
1: talk, talk about we had a very a
0: lengthy time. conversation because I could, <laughs> forty minutes because
1: <laughs> it was so long. Jesus, how I come. I was basically did you just recount the entirety of the film? Uh, yeah, yes, <laughs> basically
0: because I I'd seen the film. Uh, it was the first film that I'd seen back in the theaters. And of
1: all things for you to go see well, why did you well see fast it, was, it was like
0: with a few other friends and they're like hey you've got a podcast about cars and I'm like no I don't I have a podcast about Formula
1: One yeah, very <laughs> and, <different, laughs> but sure. and
0: they were like they were like well you probably like fast and furious and I I, yeah you probably love Vin Diesel and I was like hmm um, what the hey I'll go uh, I didn't realize because I have missed like three or four films of the Fast franchise that I felt so lost the oh. entire time. I was like, whose kid Is that eight of them?" Wait, what?
1: I think, <laughs> <Nine>. <laughs> I, think I missed saw nine them. out of nine. <laughs> I, I was so lost. I, well, I also I'm, I haven't seen. Uh, fast Nine, oh, but I'm fairly so certain I saw the first one, but I don't think I've seen any of them. Glenn Close more. is closest in them. It's like very. Oh damn! How long has she been in uh, there? Seriously, I know it. Glenn it, Close of the live action 101 Dalmatians my favorite movie of all. Time. Oh
0: wait, no, is it Glenn Close. no,
1: it's Helen Mirren. <laughs> oh, no. Wow. Helen Mirren. Wow.
0: Yeah, Somebody that's that's ageist. not. Sorry, that is ages. Sorry, sorry, that's sorry. The
1: over here. Oh. <laughs> The gods um, of me
0: pee! Because I said judge DP last week. The gods of me pee! My, my mom, <laughs> it's too much happening right here.
1: <laughs> Kennedy's just full. fully mid stroke. I swear she didn't even finish her one drink prior to recording, so. <laughs>
0: God, it's so hot in this room. Aren't you hot in this room? Oh, excuses, excuses. <laughs> anyway, do you anyway. want some like, more
1: peppermint spray in your eyes? <laughs> Sophie can deliver.
0: <laughs> Sophie, prior to recording, sprayed peppermint spray in my face. My accident. <laughs> it's like the third time I've done it. She um, just,
1: she just doesn't have like. Oh. Let it be known, many other skills hand-eye coordination (laughs) perhaps not high on the list she's artsy y'all okay she's 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 a craft girl okay she's crafts it
0: um anyway yeah fast nine the
1: (laughs) (laughs) to get back to the point of this podcast a review of the fast and the furious franchise the latest installment fast nine with glenn close jk helen Mirren. An essay by Kennedy oh, Barber.
0: That's dead. Yeah, the timeline is so off. Primarily featured. Fuck it. Let's just do the news. Well, <laughs> I haven't even done to make fun of Vin Diesel yet. I'm like trying to
1: skip your segment. I'm like 14 minutes trying to tell us the plot of this film. Oh my God. All I wanted to say is that Vin Diesel, he has this aura about him that is honestly the most disruptive energy I've ever seen a person have, where standing quietly, taking a video, Vin Diesel gives me an energy that makes me uncomfortable. And, like, I, nothing against the man. He's probably lovely. I know he likes playing Dungeons & Dragons, which I do too. And Vin, let me know if you would like to play a campaign sometime. That being said, he posted a video that he took, like, kind of like awkwardly standing on like the grid at one point and like the worst is like i don't know why i don't know if vin maybe doesn't know how to edit videos on his phone perhaps but the video starts with like clearly someone from mercedes kind of telling him like where he needs to be standing to not be in the fucking way of everybody and like that kind of happens he's like oh okay yeah and then he kind of goes like i'm here at the formula one And then that's all he says. He does this quiet rotation of, like, (laughs) looking at him and then sort of the background. And it is just.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to play it really quickly. Hold on.
1: It's just. I'm at the Formula (laughs) One. Dead ass. That's what he says. He says, okay. I don't think he says anything else. He just does a little peace sign, like a middle school, like, elbow I just, uh, pent way too far peace sign. I
0: also, like, my question. So Esteban Ocon liked this video. It shows me.
1: But. <laughs> you know Esteban loves the Fast oh, and Furious Oh, yeah. If
0: there's going to be anyone on this grid, it's Esteban Ocon. Thousand percent. Oh my gosh. But. It's yeah, it's the the sideways peace sign and the fact that he's like kind of like pursing his lips a little bit as he's like, vo- he's like doing blue steel for the camera.
1: Yeah. Like <laughs> there's just an energy emitted by that video, which is just honestly amazing. So like cheers to Mercedes for bringing what I think has thus far been the most entertaining celebrity guest that we have seen for the entirety of the season thus far. Like, step off Tom Holland, Vin Diesel energy. It's so perplexing, and I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> okay, Kennedy, now that I've done my Vin Diesel jokes, you can go to the news.
0: In the news. It's the... me
1: Okay, so one quick note, dear listeners, um, we're so, 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 so sorry, but... It is unfortunately now pouring rain in Brooklyn. So you may hear the sounds of a thunderstorm in the background. It's a little ASMR. Just take it as a little bit of ASMR. We it's planned it that way. cozying up with your favorite podcast hosts mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. a thunderstorm. So let it Ima- be what it is. Ima- Imagine we're in a warm apartment. There's a candle burning nearby. Falling leaves. The storm is raging outside, but inside, it's nothing but. The light chatter of your favorite Formula One commentators.
0: Because we are what? That's right. Enthusiasts. But not, not
1: experts. experts. <laughs> uh, anyways, so... We would like to cover... There is some... <coughs> Sorry. <clears throat> extremely... Triple exclamation point. Very important news. That came out... Unfortunately immediately after we posted our last episode Um.
0: on the topic of williams
1: on the topic of williams you may have heard producer uh, sophie lightly roasting us for this in the last episode because we were speaking about it as a not quite yet confirmed thing but
0: she confirmed it very graciously sassily within the post production
1: yes so yes George Russell will be your 2022 Mercedes driver alongside Lewis Hamilton. But arguably, almost as notable, our witch prayer circle.
0: Almost better.
1: Maybe better, slash, sort of more exciting news, because I was more surprised by it. Our witch prayer circle worked. Yep.
0: Thank you to everyone who um, summoned. All the great spirits. Yes, for everyone
1: who charged it. their candles. And your crystals. Or their crystals in sunlight and put them in the center.
0: And drank moon water. We really appreciate this because yeah, yeah. we did it, guys. We did, we it, Joe. did it, Joe.
1: We, we did got it. Alex Albon we'll back, back to F1. F1. <laughs> so Alex Albon will be taking his good pal George Russell's old seat at Williams what? alongside. They also hilariously confirmed Nick Latifi for 2022 like Alec, the same, they day. were like, "Here's the big news: Alex Albon's our new driver." Oh, also, well, we're keeping Nick.
0: Like <laughs> BT Dubs, like, Beachy sort of dubs. like eh,
1: Okay, I know you guys are like not that thrilled, but um, but yeah, so we got Alex Albon back. High five! Which yeah, I we this was our achievement. I, this,
0: think. I truly it none nothing. It was not the work of one Mister Total Wolf. I nor mean, nor Christian Horner, nor Christian Horner, us and us alone. Yes, yes. Actually, comment about Toto Wolf. I feel like Toto is the man for the job when it comes to making miracles happen. Mm. Espan Ocon left Formula One and he returned because of one Mr. Toto Wolf.
1: That's true.
0: And similarly, Alexander Albon left Formula One and has made a well deserved return by the work of one Mr.
1: And interestingly, in our previous episode discussing the possibility of Alex returning to F1, we had noted that theoretically he would have to be released from a Red Bull contract to be able to join Williams because it is a Mercedes feeder team. Right. As it stands, we're in a weird muddy waters with that, where theoretically, yes, his contract with... Red Bull, at least for the 2022 season. He's still their reserve driver for until the end of this season. Theoretically, that he is in fact, he has in fact left the Red Bull system. Except that Christian Horner, Helmut Marko, other Red Bull officials have also stated that they still have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Whether at this point that's a contractual relationship or like a you know, handshake relationship, sort mm-hmm. of an understanding quote-unquote type thing is still pretty unclear. Just a little bit of dramatic thunder for you. Sophie, <laughs> quiet down. But yeah, it's, it's very interesting to me because I thought, like, we, I thought we would either see a very clean break or there would be a really weird, like, he's still part of the Red Bull Drivers Academy or, like, team but is also a Williams driver. Mm -hmm. And like, it's kind of neither of those. Yeah. So I think certainly we'll know so much more probably in a few weeks and certainly before that season actually starts. But either way, I kind of don't give a shit because mostly I'm just so hyped to see Alex back in an F1 car next season. Me too. Oh, well-deserved Alex. But yeah, so what that means is with George's move confirmed, Valtteri's move confirmed, Alex returning to the sport confirmed and Nick Latifi confirmed the only seat left in F1. Oh, yeah. And I think I can't remember if we mentioned last week or not. AlphaTauri reconfirmed Yuki and Pierre. It was a little bit of a non-event because everybody said they were going to get reconfirmed anyway. So then like they were and everyone was like, all right, sick. We already knew that. But the only like fully no rumors that it's deal done seat left. Antonio Giovinazzi with Alpha. We discussed last week some rumors that he might be leaving the sport. Yeah, so there's one person who I have seen new rumors that is in contention for that seat. Alpine Academy driver who's also a member or has previously been a member of the Ferrari Drivers Academy. An F2 driver by the name of Guan Yu Zhu or Zhao. I've not seen a phonetic pronunciation of his last name, so apologies. I have seen rumors that possibly he will become the second Alfa Romeo driver alongside Valtteri, and then he will leave uh, Alpine as a result of that move. Honestly, I have no idea. Fascinated to know when Alfa Romeo will make their final decision. They're really the only team left that hasn't done anything. Technically, Aston Martin hasn't reconfirmed, and Mick Schumacher hasn't, but...
0: It's kind of a given.
1: Yeah, the opinion of the of the F1 community on all of those seats is that, like, that's just a matter of time. Those will all be reconfirmed.
0: Yeah, and I, I that's something we're going to have laser focus on in the, the coming weeks. And to close out, our final bit of news for this week is Kimi Raikkonen, who uh, did not participate in the, I was just going to say Band of Zork but it's not Zandavort.
1: Yeah, <laughs> what is that's... wrong with you? You definitely me? said Vandazort earlier, but like it was fully you were in sentence flow. Is and it so Zandavort
0: just, or Vandazort? It's
1: Zandvort.
0: Zandvort. Jeez. Oh, uh, Say it again okay, for me yeah. one more time.
1: Zandvort.
0: Zandvort. I mean, we haven't raced there in 27 years.
1: So it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, yeah, yeah. you can't oh, be fine. expected to remember fine. everything.
0: I know your spas. I know your Monzas. I get the Monaco's.
1: The
0: Vankas? <laughs> the Zandivorts. Vandazorts. Anyway, uh, so he missed he two GPs ago.
1: <laughs> um, I would have just said the Dutch GP, but go off, Dutch please. The Dutch
0: GP. Okay, so during the Dutch... The Dutch GP. Look at that addiction. During the Dutch GP leading up to it, Kimi Raikkonen made an announcement that he was retiring, but also another announcement that he tested positive for covid in the two weeks since taking the time to to recover and he's made an announcement as of today that he will be back for the next gp
1: the russian gp
0: the russian gp which is the next time you'll hear from us on the race recap front but until then kate do you have any final thoughts for the group
1: well, I don't have any
0: more news, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, and end of news. I think we need to to <sighs> end of move news, on to, to our next on. segment and see the social
1: media star, social media star of the star week,
0: power star of the week, star it up,
1: Kennedy. Dare I ask our favorite question of the week? Go on. Who have you uh, whose pages whose posts have you been bookmarking this week? Oh, see, this is the other thing. than Dakota Johnson
0: oh geez dakota johnson looked amazing at the venice film festival all of us agree okay so don't don't just say it's me all of
1: us and especially kennedy
0: and especially me because i want her hair so badly go ahead
1: and put a throw a like on our instagram if you think kennedy should get bangs
0: yeah should i get bangs yeah Let, let me know let me know give us a little follow and
1: i'll um, we'll There's a rating votes. on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> and in the rating, tell us whether or not Kennedy, <laughs> Kennedy should get bags. Um. Okay,
0: I will give my social media star of the week. My social media star of the week happens to be Roscoe Hamilton.
1: I mean, I can't, I can't argue. Roscoe
0: Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton's beloved pop. A few cute things he's done, but one of them is he attended a press conference. On behalf of Lewis. And I think that's so cute. So.
1: I just, yeah. Roscoe is looking great this week. Roscoe also joined Lewis in New York City. The plaza pick. Yeah, in, yeah, in Boya as producer Soph points out, we're quite sure there's, he's staying at the plaza. So, Roscoe is the new Eloise, if anybody was wondering. <laughs> um, would very much like to join that adaptation. Drop me a line anytime. Also, something I hadn't seen previously, but just noticed and is also hilarious. Obviously, I know, Kennedy, that you like all of the Roscoe posts on Instagram. Yes, I do. But hilariously, this post of Roscoe attending a media briefing for the team,
0: mm-hmm.
1: my phone is showing me it was liked by Pierre Gasly. <laughs> and I'm obsessed with the idea of Pierre Gasly following Louis oh my. like doesn't follow lewis but follows roscoe
0: i mean roscoe is is truly that's all the content you need
1: it's just so funny because the only like f1 personalities who've liked that post is like the mercedes official page and pierre gasly
0: i love lewis didn't even like
1: that post
0: i live for this so So that's
1: i'm obsessed with that i also i do find it really fucking funny that lewis likes most of roscoe's posts Because Lewis writes all of Roscoe's posts.
0: (laughs) You have to cross-promote that stuff, okay? That's just how it
1: works. He does does often repost to his own story. And I'm like, here's the thing. Roscoe has 400,000 followers.
0: And he's only following 16 people. So
1: he has an amazing ratio.
0: I am living for Roscoe's
1: following. Living. Emergency. Emergency. Lewis looks amazing on the Met. Wow. The he, we finally got so a red beautiful. carpet photo. His he's skin so is so beautiful. luminous. His hair looks amazing. It's so long here. Is it always that long? Also, he dyed it all the way black? I think so. Because it's been bleached for a while, but yeah. it's like he looks all the way dark. so
0: good. Kieran, will you
1: provide your fun fact for us once more, please? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just straight up. Straight breaking breaking Met Gala news. Breaking yeah. Met Gala news from Podcast Boyfriend.
0: So it looks like Hamilton bought a table at the Met Gala for uh, up and coming UK black uh, designers. designers. UK black designers. Uh, yeah, which, which is really cool. Uh, I think without him sponsoring the table, they wouldn't be able to come, so it gives them a podium to stand
1: on. Oh! Uh. Did you guys look? A podium. Oh, yeah, a podium. Oh. Do you think this guy watches F1 now? Do you think <laughs> I forced this man to watch F1? My social media star of the week.
0: Please share. Is it Vin Diesel? <laughs> you can be honest.
1: Vin Diesel is the social media star of every week. You should know that. Vin Diesel, who once accidentally live streamed like a full and entire. Uh, fast and the furious movie premiere from the front pocket of his suit because he was live streaming on the red carpet and then forgot he was live streaming and then put his phone in his front pocket and then just live streamed the audio and the pocket rustle of an entire fast and the furious film what a king um <laughs> i just needed to throw another vin oh diesel reference gosh. in there i don't know why i know so much about that man uh but my, I think my social media star of the week is not one person, quote-unquote. It's Ooh. just a series of exchanges that actually covers this week and last week. Okay, go on. Noted pod faves uh, Danny Ricardo and Jordi Russell have been having a bit of a back-and-forth... Little bromance over the last couple GPs. They had a little bit of a exchange about the Zendvoort GP. I uh, just had to flex on you with my pronunciation of Zendvoort <laughs> the there. Man of <laughs> oh the Dutch GP, as we like to call it around I here. I
0: swear I actually read these things. I swear I'm like of active participant in this community. Just. My mouth is just full of marbles.
1: But they had a funny exchange there where like Daniel found one of the like Max capes and you know was taking photos and like taking photos of George and with George and then they made a funny comment in some of the like press rooms earlier this week where Daniel was saying he usually makes fun of George Russell for having two first names. But in Italy, George gets to make fun of him because in Italy Daniel has two first names, being Daniel and Ricardo. So that was like cute. And then cute. after Daniel's race win, George posted a cute, you know, selfie he had taken of them and was, you know, talking talking about how he was a Danny Rick fan this week. In addition to the fact that on his team radio, post-race, he said like, wow, Danny Ricardo, what a guy. Like, hyping, hyping up Daniel's Aww. win. So they're I having quite a little back and forth that. this week um on social media and elsewhere so that's love. that's what i'm giving my star to this week but yeah all around monza spectacular as always
0: i love that track i love this race
1: the gonza me pee.
0: the gonza me <laughs>
1: <laughs> wall-to-wall fun
0: it really is. It really like I know you're you're joking right now but it really is. <laughs> it's really fun. Um I, I I cannot wait for Monza 2022 because I think this grid is going to be insane. So,
1: yeah. Well, it was a very fun race. It has been very lovely to have you in our little home this weekend and to be able to Thank watch the race me. with you. And watch a whole different kind of sport with you where none of us had any idea what was going on. And it's just been lovely to have you. And I can't wait you. and hope for the future that I can have you all the time sometime.
0: And with that, you're listening to Lights Out.